Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to CNN Town Halls and Debates, your direct source to the people shaping your world. It's a forum for you to get answers to the tough questions and better understand the issues that matter to you. We're bringing this episode to you uncut and unfiltered, straight from the national stage. And it all starts right here, right now, on CNN. Presidential Town Hall, Equality in America. I want to welcome our viewers in the United States and around the world from the Novo in Los Angeles. I'm Dana Bash. It has been 50 years since the riots at Stonewall, the uprising against police oppression that became the turning point in the LGBTQ civil rights movement in America. But for advocates, the fight for equality is far from over. Tonight, we are partnering with the Human Rights Campaign Foundation for the largest ever national presidential candidate town hall on these issues. In our audience are members of the LGBT community and their allies from the Los Angeles area and across the country who are eager to ask the top candidates running for president their questions. Joining me right now is Senator Cory Booker. Welcome, Senator. Great to see you. Great to see you. Hello, everybody. All right, Senator, we have a lot of questions. Yeah, let's we jump We want right to get started. We want to start to the audience. We're excited first to hear from uh, Rachel Gonzalez, who is from Dallas, Texas, and she is the mother of three children, including a nine-year-old transgender daughter. Rachel is a member of the Human Rights Campaign's Parents for Transgender Equality Council. Rachel. We know that the civil rights legislation did not end racism. And we know that the Equality Act will not end homophobia, transphobia, or bias. As a leader, what will you do to change hearts and minds across the country to have true equity, safety, and inclusion? Thank you very much, Rachel. So King spoke to this. Martin Luther King in the Civil Rights Movement says, I can't pass a law uh, to make someone love me, but I could stop them from lynching me. Uh, I I can't pass a law to, to change the heartless Uh, but I can restrain, pass laws to restrain their violent actions. And so I don't want to discount how important it is to have a federal government to stand up and say we affirm the rights and dignities. And those are not just words of all Americans. We're going to do those in actions from the Department of Education, the Department of Justice. We will stand up. But my whole life, as a kid that was raised, to understand that my rights and privileges Uh, are not enshrined in the Constitution originally. Heck, African-Americans were fractions of human beings. I'm here because people of all races and all backgrounds fought to affirm the rights of African-Americans and stand up for them. 
as a college student working at a crisis counseling center with a focus on LGBTQ youth, as a mayor at a time that my own party was passing things like a, a, a Defense of Marriage Act and saying they still had to evolve on the issue. As mayor of my city, the second flag I raised was the pride flag. Uh, and I said I wouldn't conduct any marriages until everyone could be married. You can be sure <laughs> that as president of the United States, I will be focused every day, not just on executing the laws of this land that should protect all, but I will be setting an example that we are a nation of love of all people. And you can't lead the people if you don't love the people, all the people. And Senator, I just want to follow up with you. You've talked about your brother's child, and you have said uh, that your brother's child is a trans activist. How has that shaped your views on this topic? Well, I... I I have to express a little frustration sometimes where people evolve on issues because suddenly they visit upon their own lives and they say, well, when I found out that I had a, a, a LGBTQ child, suddenly I became in favor of these issues. If we wait for our empathy to expand in that way, um, we will never get to being the nation of liberty and justice for all. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a man and you see assaults, on, on the rights of not just women, but uh, the rights of people that control their own body. You shouldn't say, because I have a wife or a daughter. No, you are a human being. You have a body. Uh, you should be able to understand, as King said, that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so uh, my, my views have, have not evolved because of family members. They've evolved because Bayard Rustin and James Baldwin, proud gay Americans, stood for my rights. It's because people of all black backgrounds, I was taught, as a Christian, I was taught that we, are, we must bring forth the radical love of all people, and that's what has always made me be an advocate for justice, and I will continue to be so, uh, regardless of the incredibly beautiful, wonderful family that I have. So you talked about evolving. I want to bring in somebody in the audience who wants to ask you about that. It's Tom Bellino, an urban planner from Los Angeles who currently supports Elizabeth Warren. Hi, Tom. Hi. How are you? you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Great. Thanks for being here. Um, in the early 90s, you wrote an article for the Stanford Daily Newspaper uh, that detailed your personal journey to accept LGBTQ plus people as your equals and friends. Um, it must have been controversial at the time and maybe made some people uncomfortable. Um, can you talk about what it was like when that article was published? Senator, before you answer, if, if I can just uh, help illuminate the audience. Uh, one line from this 1992 opinion piece that you wrote, you said, I was disgusted by gays. The thought of two men kissing each other was about as appealing as a frontal lobotomy. Allow me to be more direct, escaping the euphemisms of my past. I hated gays. Now, to be clear, the point of your piece was that you changed your view. And again, just please back to Tom's question. Can you talk about what it was like when the article was yeah, published? As I said earlier, raising a family, it speaks towards justice. Uh, growing up as a young man in a toxic environment of football and the like, uh, as a campus activist, I wanted to try to push people to understand the absurdities of homophobia and became a campus activist on those issues. And so I wrote this article to challenge people uh, by, about their homophobia and about their hatred and to say the euphemisms we use for hatred is just wrong. And so my activism started as a teenager, uh, trying to push the limits because it is... God, at that point in my life, I was sitting as a peer counselor on a crisis hotline. And we would get calls of people considering suicide because of their bullying or because of being 
outed by someone else. Uh, The calls of people dropping out of school or going through coming out, which is not a one-time thing, uh, but something people have to do time and time again, constantly feeling like they're risking their personal safety or their job. And so I will always be someone that tries to push the lines of comfort, often talking about my own experiences. And I'm so proud of that column, and I'm proud that this didn't start for me when I decided to get into politics. Uh, But this started to me as a teenager that saw, uh, growing up in the 80s, an environment that was hostile and even physically dangerous uh, to my peers and to my friends who my faith taught me to love no matter what. Thank you, Senator. Our next question comes from Brandon Wolf from Orlando, Florida. Brandon is an advocate for gun safety and LGBTQ equality. Thanks for being here. On June 12, 2016, I was present as a man with an assault weapon murdered 49 mostly LGBTQ people of color at Pulse nightclub. I was very lucky to make it out. Unfortunately, my friends were not. That night, we were reminded that LGBTQ people, specifically those of color, are often, too often, the targets of hate violence. With the rise of violence against trans women of color, how will you ensure that law enforcement is equipped to treat marginalized victims of crime with dignity and respect? So first of all, very clearly, uh, it is a national emergency. The majority of the terrorist attacks in this country since 9-11 have been right-wing extremist groups. The majority of them have been uh, white supremacist and hate groups. And and I will elevate as, as president of the United States an office on hate crimes and white supremacy to make sure it is a presidential level effort to protect our country as a whole. But I'm not stopping there. We need to have a Department of Justice that recognizes this as a problem and investigates hate crimes. We must must take the steps necessary to keep these weapons out of the hands of people that are doing those crimes, but we can't stop there. 30% of LGBTQ youth, 30% have reported missing school in the last month because of fears for their physical safety. We live in a country where we still see regular, everyday violence and intimidation and bullying against Americans because of who they are. And so, number one, I am going to appoint a secretary of education, first of all, that sees the dignity and the worth and the value of every one of our children. And I will have a department of education that takes the steps necessary to protect all children in America. Thank you, Senator. I want to get straight to Gavin Grimm, a 20-year-old transgender activist. Gavin. I sued my school after it banned me from using the boys' restroom because I'm transgender. My case was going to be heard by the Supreme Court, but then the Trump administration took the position that Title IX does not protect LGBTQ students, and my case went back to the lower courts. Do you believe that Title IX should protect students on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation? And what will you do as president to protect LGBTQ youth? Thank you very much. Senator, I'm sorry, as you're answering, I just want to point out that Title IX is the federal law that forbids discrimination on the basis of sex under education. I know you know that, but I just want to clarify. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, thank you very much for this question. So first of all, point blank, this is a real problem in America, and I will, number one, change the Trump administration's uh, guidance back to what the Obama administration's guidance was, that schools should allow people to use the bathrooms that conforms with their gender identity. But we cannot stop there. We must use our Department of Justice and our Department of Education's Civil Rights Division to go after schools that are denying people equal rights and equal protections. And that's the last point I want to make. Again, this is very personal to me because there was a time that people used every excuse possible to deny rights to women in this country, to minorities in this country. And folks literally had to march and fight and struggle uh, to allow there to be laws that, that govern equal protection. My parents and grandparents had stories of being denied the ability to stop at restaurants traveling across country or use restrooms and bathrooms, had people look down on them and said their associations, that the Bible didn't justify uh, their associations. We as a society now reject that kind of bigotry and hate. As your president, I will actively as much as people who are activists who fought for that equality for black Americans, I fight for it with the same ferocity, with the same sense of urgency every single day for LGBTQ Americans. I will stand up and call this country to remember that patriotism is love of country, and you cannot love your country unless you love all of your country, men and women. And love is not a sentiment, it is not saccharine, it is not anemic. Love demands sacrifice and service and the understanding that if your rights are denied, then my rights are compromised. That's the kind of leadership I will provide in the White House. And Senator, on this topic at the Supreme Court, just this week, the Supreme yes. Court heard arguments on whether current laws protect LGBTQ people from being fired uh, over their gender identity or sexual orientation. If the Supreme Court does not rule to protect these workers' rights, what would you do as president? Well, again, so many of these issues, what will you do? I just want you to know that I, I have spent my life working on LGBTQ issues. Uh, we just talked about the security and safety of young people. When I was mayor of the city of Newark, we must know we live in a nation where there's violence against LGBTQ youth. So as mayor, back in 2006, 2007, I saw the model of the Hetrick Martin Institute in New York creating safe spaces for LGBTQ youth. I did that as mayor of the city of New York, opening up those safe spaces. I don't need to run for president to be fighting on these issues. I am one of the lead original sponsors of the Equality Act. And, and, and so again, I will not wait for the Supreme Court because with the right-wing justices that this president has appointed, they're not just looking to roll back LGBTQ rights, but we see it already, a rollback of civil rights, a rollback of voting rights, a rollback we're seeing across this country because of federal judges on a woman's right to control their own body. And so we have got to make sure we enshrine everything from Roe v. Wade to the Voting Rights Act. We need to do legislation in Congress once and for all. And the Equality Act is essential it is essential that nowhere in America, and right now the majority of states in America, you can post your pictures of your wedding on your Facebook page, but the next day you could be fired just because you are gay. That goes against every one of our core values in this nation. And we are not free when we swear an oath, all of us swear an oath, it will be a nation of liberty and justice for all. Those are aspirational words right now until every LGBTQ American has equal rights, and I will get the Equality Act passed and into law in our country. Okay, Senator. 
Thank you for that. I want to bring in Sandra Mukasa, who is a recent graduate from UC Berkeley, and she received a master's in city planning and a master's in public health. Sandra. Hello, Senator. I worked as a health educator providing HIV education and screenings at an LGBT center. I told my clients about a drug called Truvada, which when taken daily, can help provide almost absolute protection against becoming HIV positive. A monthly supply of Truvada costs less than $6 to make. However, its manufacturer, Gilead, charges more than $1,600. This severely limits access to preventive care. What actions would you take as president to address this cost barrier? So, uh, thank you, that is a great question. That is a, a really great question. And, you know, I live in a low-income black and brown community. And, in fact, when it comes to HIV and AIDS, we see often the communities that are most seeing the expansion, the ones that are least able to access a lot of the drugs that can do preventative, like PrEP. And so, to me, it's unacceptable that pharmaceutical companies are going to profit in this way off of the backs of people who urgently need life, what could be life-saving drugs. And so we're going to do a number of things to lower prescription drug costs right away if I'm president of the United States by using Medicaid, Medicare to negotiate down prices, taking patents away from companies that unjustly raise their prices, creating a law in this country that you cannot raise the price of drugs higher in this country than you're selling them in others. These are all things that we're going to do. But PrEP is so important in this country right now. And I'm going to make sure that, like Gavin Newsom did, who pushed in California to have it be over-the-counter without a prescription, that's a great step in the right direction. Uh, And more than that, we're going to fight to make sure that health insurance companies actually cover this so more people are accessible. Medicaid and Medicare to cover this as well. And I want to say one last thing. Because this idea of preventing the spread of HIV and AIDS is so critical. And that's why legislation I've introduced as a United States senator we need to get back to. Number one, we need to do more sex education in this country that is science-based, um, which is something that's really important. Thank you, Senator. The next question is from Aisha Shecker, who is a sophomore at UCLA and originally from Park Ridge, New Jersey. All right. <laughs> It's great to see a Jersey girl out here. <laughs> Fantastic. I attended an all-girls Catholic high school in Bergen County, New Jersey, where during my years there, proposals for an LGBTQ plus club or gay-straight alliance were routinely rejected, despite the school's messaging of acceptance and love. A few towns away, at another Catholic high school, a female teacher was fired for being married to a woman. How would you address the, at times, juxtaposing issues of religious freedom and LGBTQ rights? It's a great question, and thank you very much. Look, this is something that I've been dealing with all my life as a Christian. Um, People who want to use religion as a justification for discrimination uh, and often are creating environments that are so contrary to my religious beliefs. As it said in Micah, oh, what do you want from your Lord? Or what do you want from your people? Which is to do justice, uh, love kindness, and walk humbly. Walk humbly. And so for me, I I cannot allow as a leader that people are going to use uh, a religion as a justification for discrimination. You, I could respect your religious freedoms, but also protect people from discrimination. And as I said in an earlier answer, I grew up in a household where my parents talked to me about how people used to use religion to justify the discrimination against African Americans. And so we need to have laws in this country, and this is why the Equality Act is one of them, uh, that put set parameters that do not allow people to discriminate. And I will take this not just in making sure that happens in our schools and in education, 
Uh, but it also has to make sure we happens in healthcare, which we now see discrimination being done around insurance. It means make sure we do this globally. Why is the United States of America not using its power on the world to begin to stand up on the global stage against the outrageous violence and discrimination against LGBTQ uh, 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 citizens around the world? And so my, my faith, as well as my American values, will make me fight on every front to make sure that people are not discriminating against someone because of who they are. Thank you. And Senator, a follow-up on this. Do you think that religious education institutions should lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose LGBTQ rights? I see this, the Trump administration turning against what the Obama administration did. Whether you're a school and, and are providing health care for folks, whether you are uh, uh, a, a, a bakery, you cannot discriminate. Fundamentally, no. And so, again, we must stand up as a nation to say that religion cannot be an excuse to deny people health insurance, education, or more. That this cannot happen, and I will make sure that I assert the laws to make sure. So would they lose that. their tax-exempt status? Again, I, I, I will press this issue, and I'm not, I'm not saying, because I know this is a long legal battle, and I'm not dodging your question. I'm saying that I believe fundamentally that discrimination is discrimination. And if you are using your, your, your position... Uh, to try to discriminate others, there must be consequences to that. And I will make sure to hold them accountable using the DOJ or whatever investigatory authority. You cannot discriminate. No yes or no there, huh? I- I'm going to say to you <laughs> bluntly that that is a process. <laughs> okay. and-, and I'm going to make sure that I hold them accountable. If it means Thank losing you. your tax status. But I'm telling you, private, private organizations that do not have tax status, th- there has to be consequences for discrimination. Thank whether you, you are a bakery or a school. Thank you. All right, let's get back to the audience. Uh, our next question comes from Nicholas Bloom. Nicholas works in community health care for Cedar sinai Medical Center, also runs a business that helps anyone looking to start a family through non-traditional methods, and he currently supports Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yes. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> uh, same-sex male couples are losing out on paid parental leave when compared to both same-sex female and different-sex couples. A recent study compared paid parental leave in 34 countries. In 19 of them, same-sex female couples received equal amounts of paid leave to different-sex couples, while same-sex male couples got equal amounts of leave in only four of those countries. As president, what is your plan to make paid parental leave equitable amongst all new parents? Thank you very much. First of all, I want to be clear. We are a nation that has a long way to go to catch up with other countries in just having paid leave, period. And I will be a champion uh, of making sure that we are a nation with paid family leave. Afghanistan and the Congo have paid family leave. The United States of America should have paid family leave. And again, it should be equal in terms of what that paid family leave is, and I will fight for that. But I want to go further, because we know that uh, same-sex male couples have a lot of challenges when it comes to parenting. First of all, there are discriminatory laws in adopting in this country still, and we need to make sure uh, that same-sex couples have equal access to adoption as well. Parenting is such a a fundamental urgency in this country. 
and to see the challenges that parents are having, struggling to hold down a job, struggling to find affordable childcare. We need to be a country that goes amongst developed nations from one to the last that's helping and empowering parents uh, to being up at the first. And this is why my support for everything from paid family leave to expanding the child tax credit are really urgent, and those plans are going to apply equally to everyone. Thank you. I want to bring in Gino uh, Mihalik, who works for UCLA Student Affairs with a focus on student health. Gino. Thank you, Gino. Good yep. evening. Good evening, Senator. That is one of the most handsome haircuts. <laughs> I was. Uh, were, you, were you about to say the same thing? I was. I was going to say Thank nice you very haircut. Much. <laughs> All right. You are a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Many people have no idea that Make for, our president bald again. Yes. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right. <laughs> Many people have no idea that for decades, gay men were permanently deferred from do- donating blood in the U.S. because of outdated draconian regul- regulations not supported by science. The FDA has only recently reduced the ban to one year after intercourse. Gay folks should never be discriminated against, but it's particularly painful when our community wants to help after a disaster or a mass shooter targeting our community, as in the case with Pulse. Will you commit to working with the FDA to remove this harmful ban? Um, um, Two words, absolutely yes. Um, and, And one statement. You know, when you're president of the United States, you have to set the tone uh, and the temperature. We should be using our platforms, the, the new generation of presidents. We see a president every day that's using his platforms in unorthodox ways to demean, to degrade, to put inf- misinformation and outright lies. If I am your president, uh, as the first exegener in that office ever, uh, I'm going to be using my platforms every day to dispel ignorances, to challenge people, to have a more courageous empathy, to create a more revival of civic grace. Uh, That's why even on this campaign, I've gone out and been tested for HIV, trying to get rid of the kind of stigmas that still undermine this society. We have a whole lot of truth-telling to do in this country, and we've got a lot of work to do to pull pull out of the shadows people who often relegated their struggles, their injustices. We've just seen yet another black transgender American murdered uh, in this country just last month. This makes the 19th this year. The suffering of so many people in the LGBTQ community, the truth about them is is shrouded in the ignorance and hate that we see in this world. So not only am I going to change policies, change laws, uh, get an activist department of justice, but I'm going to be using my platform every day uh, to tell the truth, to heal, to bring the truth forward so that we can be a nation that's far more progressive on these issues. Thank you, Senator. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. At CNN's debate in Ohio. And that concludes this episode of CNN Town Halls and Debates, your direct source to the people shaping your world. To make sure you're always a part of the conversation, subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. For even more updates, follow us on Twitter at CNN Podcasts. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.